I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. What is that shirt? Gene Michael Basquat? Man, I didn't know I'd have to pronounce things. I think it's Basquiat. Is that, are you like a fashionista? Uh, no, no it's, I think he was a, a very influential young African-American artist oh, in nice. like early 80s New York. Dated Madonna, like had really high profile. Like famously, when he broke up with Madonna, had a piece of art that he had given her that was, you know, a million dollar piece of art. Are you wearing that because our guest happens to be a black man? No, I I steal a lot from black culture. (laughs) As a Jew, I feel like... That was an old George Carlin bit. You ever see these people who say, I've got a friend, happens to be black? Happens to be black. Well, let's see. Was his mother black? Yes. Was his father black? Yes. Did they fuck? Yes. Well, then I think it would be weird if he happened to be Norwegian. (laughs) Happens to be black is not a good phrase. So anyway, to finish the really quick story, since you asked... And then he took the piece of art, Basquiat, that he gave Madonna and destroyed it. So oh, a true artist. So took it back and said, nope, million dollars. So my first question, Dave's going to be if he knows this guy. But that's cool. So so a true artist destroys their art because they're doing it only for yeah. themselves or doing it for, you know. And, and you are wearing, if we're doing clothes, gray pants. Hager, I think. With a gray button-down shirt. And it's like a gray uniform almost. No, it's gray and black. Well, it's got some black in it, but yeah. that's a it's a from head to toe gray. Like you could be. Going I am to not jail. a fashionista <laughs> with gray with gray shoes that I've stepped in freaking bubble gum in the parking lot. What's worse than that? And had the it, actually nothing because even dog crap comes off. You know, comes out easier. It's nasty when you. Yeah. But bubble gum is just it tough, sticks. and it's twice in like ten days I've stepped in bubble gum. So if you're a bubble gum chewer, don't spit it out the window. You know what? I walked in with gum and I, I threw it in this. White Thank piece you. of loose leaf paper, Thank as you. I've learned to do as I've gotten older and Thank somewhat you. more mature. I opened, actually opened the door to Dad's carpet, and he's got a little throw rug, and I stuck to the darn thing, and it was <laughs> the, the rug was stuck to the bottom of my shoe, and said, "Ah, it's bubble gum." It was weird to watch. I didn't know, like when you stepped in, it stu- like the whole carpet came with you. It I, did. I didn't it know did. what was up. It was a huge chunk of gum, yeah. um, and I've got it about ninety percent clean. But anyway, um, so just real brief before we bring in Dave, I listened or re-listened to last week's show. And again, thanks to uh, Aaron for coming in. And hopefully we didn't pick on him too much. I know you um, thought initially like, wow, Ray, where are you going? This guy's our best sponsor. But um, it was more just right out of the gate. Like we didn't say hi. What's going on? Well, that's because I had that quote. I had that Michael Che quote where he said, you know, if – if uh, let me see if I've got this right, Bud Light's upset that a transgender person is backing their product. Can we get a few transgender people to back Smith and right. Wesson? And then maybe these people would leave their guns alone. So I thought that was pretty funny. And let me say on record, his friendship matters a lot more than his sponsorship. That was more what. Well, I was yeah. Well, that, I didn't that's want him to cool think too. as a friend. I brought him on to yeah. you know to. to but no, we. I, I, you know, so apologies to Aaron, but we had a great time. It wasn't and he's bad. A great I think guy. it was a good conversation. I just think I would have worked up to the you own a gun store and now we're just going to kill you. For on guns for 20 minutes well i don't think we killed him i think we're fair yeah i think so too i think we're fair because really if we wanted to kill him because i I was sort of thinking about it as i re-listened to it he said uh well whatever law you make i can get around it's kind of a pay to play if you've got enough money you can get an automatic weapon etc etc well then the obvious question becomes why do we have any laws the fact because i think he cited you know drinking and driving so the fact that you can go to you know quick check and buy a 40 ounce drink and bring it in your car with you means what that drunk driving there shouldn't be a law against it i mean it's kind of a 
you know, it's 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 just an argument that doesn't really make we'll, all that much sense. We'll bring sense. him on again. We'll be nice to him for a few minutes, and <laughs> then we'll hit him with that. <laughs> all right, so with that, we'll segue out of one guest and into another. Yeah, pretty excited to have our friend Dave Townsend back. Welcome, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Good, man. You want to catch the audience up on who you are for those that maybe weren't listening a year ago? Well, first off, you know who Gene Michael Basquad is? No, me either. Basquiat. Worth a Google. Yeah, worth a Google. Worth a Google. Okay, that's cool. Uh, oh, so I am Dave Townsend. I am a middle school teacher, and I am um, uh, an advocate. I'm a social worker. I do a lot of stuff for um, social justice. Um, I own, not own, I am the founder and executive director of the Home of Opportunities and Dreams, which is a nonprofit that is, was established uh, to enhance the lives of at-risk youth and disadvantaged families. So we do a lot of fundraising and mentoring along those areas. Mic check. We good? Yes. He was just coming in a little low, oh, so okay. I was kind of okay. creeping cool. up behind right. him in a weird way to make sure he was... And then drop the mic yeah, just scared stay Dave on the to mic death. there, Dave. All right. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, so we... Our nonprofit <laughs> is the Home of Opportunity Dreams, better known as The Hood, around uh, the south central part of Kentucky. And, you know, we work a lot at UK and Cincinnati Bingo Stations. We run a... Or stadium, rather. Uh, we run a concession stands that helps raise the money to uh, try to support some of our at-risk youth and disadvantaged families in this area. Uh, we've had a pretty good funding year this past year. Uh, we're now in the process of uh, uh, raising money, or we've raised the money to send two kids to Europe this summer. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, we've helped uh, with about cash value of about almost $5,000 for the flood victims in oh. um Okay. In um, Eastern Kentucky. East Kentucky. Yeah. No, the the sending kids to germ to Europe costs us a little over ten thousand. No kidding. But all that money wow. comes, which people don't realize, comes from ninety percent of it comes from youth working at UK football games and the Bengals games and a few other things to help us raise this money to give back. So uh, our our goal was to teach kids the value of community service and giving back, even kids that may not have everything that they might want. But they they learn something by going out here and working. They learn a few other skills as well. So it's that's been, very cool. It's been pretty pretty good. Over in, in the past, since 2014, we started. We've probably raised about 180 thousand dollars. Wow. So and, and that's yeah. really nice, Dave. I think one of the things everybody talks about all the time how they like to do something good and help. You know, be it youth, be it you know elderly, whatever. But you just love and respect people that actually put their money and time where their mouth is, and that's such a cool thing to do that you dedicate a large part of your your time and life to to helping children, especially it sounds like underserved children. So as a, a previous underserved child myself, like what an awesome thing to do, man. So thank you. Well, thank you, and we just want to try to get uh, more people involved in how they can help. I mean. It is a good thing. It's a good thing also to support these kids if you see me post something online or something along those lines. Yeah, and you basically coordinate all of that uh, at UK and then the Bengals games and, and bring the volunteers up. And, yes, uh, yes. You know, which there's an expense just to get to the game. It is an expense just to get to the game. Yeah. You know, we had to buy a bus and we've done some things. And now it's all been grassroots effort. And when I say grassroots, truly from the seeds up to where the, the grass is almost plush and we're still working. I have brought on a couple helpers this year. So people that's volunteering say, hey, you got a good thing going on. Let's not, not let this stop. So And in your day job, you, you uh, uh, teach, teach school. Spe yeah, yeah. Special ed special, teacher special at Madison teacher. Middle School, yes. 
No more coaching? I know you're a coach. Uh, no, no, no more coach. I don't have time. I'd, I'd be divorced <laughs> if I started coaching up again. <laughs> <laughs> it does so, take a lot of time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's I met David Galaxy. I, I, I can. I don't know if David will remember this, but I can tell this funny story, and I think he will remember. So we had a young female bartender. So this would have been 2016 when it was Hillary and um, Trump. And Dave happened to walk into the office, and Mitzi was there, and she was saying how she couldn't. And Dave, if I may, your politics certainly lean left, registered Democrat, and we'll get into some of those politics, right? Right. And so Dave is is she's saying, oh, I, I just I couldn't vote for a woman, you know. I just I just wouldn't feel comfortable voting for a woman. And me being me, I go, that's all right, Dave. She said she couldn't vote for a black man either. And she, you remember that? And she got red as hell. She threw the pens down on my desk. Now you can't make that joke unless you've had eight years of Obama. And Dave got it, but she was pissed, man. She's and Dave. Dave's standing right there. But he was making a, what do you mean? You, you know, because there were a lot of women who were saying, I can't vote for Hillary because I don't I, trust a woman. I don't worry, Dave. She yeah, couldn't vote for a black I wonder woman. what they're thinking now if they didn't well, vote for her. <laughs> well, actually, that's no joke. I mean, so I've got, I say this often. I, I'm in a text thread, and I sort of am in the middle, but leaning closer to my progressive brother in Jersey, and I've got a MAGA Trump-loving sister. So I'm in the middle of that text thread, David, which is very entertaining. But I've said to her, you know, there was some real life ramifications of that. The reason that Democrats took over in 2018 is those very uh, those those very uh, suburban women, largely suburban white women who held their nose and voted for Trump didn't in 2018. And that's how Biden got elected in 2020. Absolutely. You know, it was they they, they did it once, but they weren't going to do it a second or third time. No, unfortunately, fortunately, fortunately that's yes, the, that, that's the case. So uh, we are where we are right now. But and, yet um, he's still out there throwing punches, Dave. He's um, the leading freaking. Well, the, the, <laughs> the right has some soul searching. They, right now, I think with, um, with the deal, um, Margie Taylor Greene throwing her hat in on this last thing, and the Republicans is finally starting to say, wait a minute, maybe we've had hope so. just a little bit enough of this part of Georgia. <laughs> well, and, and I think <laughs> what you're referring to her basically saying that the kid who was uh, stealing our national secrets right. and displaying them right. was the hero. Is right. that exactly what yeah. I mean. Oh, my goodness. Like, and which, you know, again, this is the Jewish space laser lady. And yeah, it's just crazy. She's got a long And you're also stuff. a veteran, Dave. I am a veteran. So you yes, take some pride years. in that. Yeah. Absolutely. And to hear people downplay January 6th like it was their right to uh, to go in that the Capitol. I mean, like it wasn't an insurrection. And these people were just tourists. What they, yeah, tourists. <laughs> I mean, I, I, when, and when military people say that, I'm just flabbergasted at that attitude. Right. And like. Yeah, and then they want to blame the left. Well, well, Biden can't. Well, what's he done so bad? I have no if, idea. If we think he's responsible for the gas prices, you may want to take a look at COVID and all the money that was, and not even, just for the economy. And, the, and inflation and generally. Inflation in general. Yeah. Look at COVID and all the money that was pushed into the system. At some point, something was going to have to happen. Absolutely. That's just basic economics. Yeah, absolutely. So, but we allowed the liars and by the liars, I mean Fox, who just got proven to be liars, and they yes. admitted to being liars. We we allowed them to keep lying and spreading this propaganda <laughs> about somehow the Democrats created the inflation. When it happened because of COVID, 
it didn't matter who was going to be the president no, this time around. We was going to have inflation. Yeah, absolutely. To your point, there was so much money dumped in. And something that nobody ever talks about, we mentioned it here. I mean, I know this because I manage, uh, you know, 30 working people. If you go back pre-COVID, say 2019, um, I'd say the average, the, the starting wage at Galaxy was probably 8 bucks an hour. And the average wage was probably 11 Man, that's right. 10 and 15 and that's just in our little business here in Richmond, Kentucky, with thirty employees, and that's just a fact, man. You know, most people, nobody starts at seven and a quarter. Nobody. You Everybody can't. starts you can't. at ten. No, and the average wage is fourteen, fifteen bucks an have, hour. Have you checked my job? There, I think we still have some seven and a quarter guys. Are there? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know. I was in on Sunday or Saturday, one a day. Sunday, I think we went to breakfast at IHOP, and. I think they started at 12, and I told them they need to probably raise the salary, I said, because they had no employees. You see it on and all the marquees. They had no employees there. 12, 14, 15. all their tables were empty, and we had to wait out in the lobby. And I said, what are we waiting for? All these tables empty. Well, you're waiting because the kitchen's backed up because we don't have no employees. There you go. I'm like, are you really? I, what are, there's uh, only one cook. Our building is next to Panda Express. They've got a sign out there right now. I could have brought you a picture. It's $14 cashier, $15 cook. That's to start. Right. That's to start. And you still can't get nobody. Yeah. Yeah, there's so... Right. Yeah, people need to realize that it don't have anything to do with who's in power when it comes to economics and... Well, he's not in power. Want. Don't you know that, Dave? He's an addled old man <laughs> who's drooling, and yeah. Nurse Jill, his wife, and this one and that one and the other one is, is running the country. Yeah, I have no idea why um, why Biden gets picked on like he does. Yeah, and for people goodness. to think that he is already in the last stages of dementia and he's not even in the first one because somebody can somebody can take a a clip and chop it up and the average viewer can't see this tape is chopped up i'm, I'm like and i talk to people in the real time and they say this to me and i'm like are you serious do you really believe that clip? Well, I seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, you seen right. it. Yeah, <laughs> and that that type of thinking too is going to get much worse with AI. You know, you talk about some of the stuff that we've had in the past that people couldn't differentiate. I mean, it's going to get exponentially harder, and people are going to start to believe some really crazy stuff. I'm afraid. It's unfortunate. I mean, I don't know. I know. I tell you what, but um, I've been pretty fired up the last couple weeks here. To be honest with you guys, ever since that. Those two black guys got expelled from the Tennessee uh, legislator. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been pretty fired up about this, and that's when I think it's when I reached out to you yeah. or said something on Facebook, and I said I think it's time for me to get back on the podcast and I let my voice be heard and and do some things to, to try to um, create a coalition and maybe build more. We we these superpowers in the South here, I think want they must have seen something different about. Um, Gilead and um, what's Jones. The name of, no, what's the name of that movie? Uh, the two, oh, I thought you were talking about the two legislators. I'm sorry. No, no, no. They must have seen something different about Gilead and um, what's the name of that that series that was on Hulu, where they had women transformed. Oh, uh, oh I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah, the Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. They, somehow these people must have seen something a little different about that, and they want to recreate it. But back, well, I agree with that. But back to those two Tennessee legislators, David. Even if, even if you wanted to say there was nothing, it had nothing to do with race, or there was nothing, it wasn't racism. Is there a worse optic? They could no. not have had a worse optic. I mean, my Absolutely God. Absolutely not. And even the white lady that didn't get yes. expelled told him, I think it had to do with color. I don't know what else it could have been. I mean, my God. 
goodness. And that young kid uh, who was the Vanderbilt Divinity School, uh, uh, I think Jones is his name, you're going to hear from him again because that's a sharp young man. Yeah, I think they're both sharp. sharp. Yeah, I think we will. And the thing about it is, is that I think what's driving the train is we've allowed the, the right to get away with so much gerrymandering in the South yeah. that now these superpowers in all the state legislators in Kentucky, in North Carolina, in South Carolina, in Georgia, in Tennessee, they're taking us back to a 2023 20, version of Jim Crow where it doesn't matter what a common sense person says about something. They are going to vote the way they want to vote because they, they're either Trumpers and they, they think we need to be real conservative or they're worried about someone, someone taking over and, and stealing a spot. This, this thing about these trans these days is another. My God, they just it's can't crazy. leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. To think how long that, you know, it's gone on. I mean, Shakespeare, men dressed as women to perform in plays, like to now be, I mean, that's insane. But uh, to me, when you're talking about that optic in Tennessee and what we're seeing now, it feels like in politics and certainly on the right, and there's some of it on the left, it's a race to be the worst version of your party, right? Because with the primary system, you can't be middle because then you're primaried by somebody that's yes. QAnon and you're going to lose that's your it. spot. So it's a race to be Marjorie Taylor Greene as opposed well, to a race to be John McCain. It's part of what uh, came out in the it's a shame that that. Fox Dominion didn't go to trial that they settled. Right, I yeah, I wish they had like settled. Us would, it would have been fun to watch. I mean, there's no doubt. And, and you know, hey, Dominion could have lost, but I think they had the evidence on their side. But one of the things that came out was Rupert Murdoch, and I believe it's a, a woman CEO, Sharon Stone. I, may, I don't think that's the right name. But anyway, uh, they were panicking because the ratings were taking a little bit of a hit. So they, you know, because if you do anything anti-Trump for a Fox News watcher, they're going to go find one of the other crazy news Max or News Prompt, whatever the OAN and these other far right wing, further right wing uh, news channels. So the last thing you want if you're a Fox News executive is for your ratings to start to decline. So that's why they sort of turned a blind eye. But they didn't realize they were getting into it with a deep pocketed adversary who was going to say, F you, we're going to take you to court and, mm-hmm. and make you pay on this thing. Because. I mean, what went on yesterday was Rupert Murdoch just said, here, here's the checkbook, fill out the figures, because I can't, I just can't let this go to trial. Yeah, cause I wish it had, because I wish it would have broke them. Sure. I wish Fox News would have broke them, somebody bought them out. Right. Because we shouldn't allow any, I mean, it should be some kind of law against that, that a news media can lie so much, it manipulates and brainwashes half of America. Yeah, that's just pure I propaganda. I mean, because people won't educate themselves. It's actually really hurting uh, disadvantaged and marginalized populations because you got these single women out here and I and I want to target single women to try to educate single women has a limited education nothing wrong with single my mom was a single mom for right. a while but when you're single with kids and somehow you're blinded by the gun laws well I don't want nobody taking my boyfriend's gun well first of all nobody wants to take your boyfriend's gun <laughs> right, right. And, and I have guns I'm a Democrat <laughs> and I like to hunt nobody wants to stop us from hunting the point is we don't want your kids to maybe get killed in school by some mental, m- mentally challenged individual that wasn't red flagged. Right. You know, and I understand the people with mental health illness, if you just have a, a, a slight form of ADHD, maybe they don't want their, yeah, attention deficit hyper disorder. Maybe they don't want just to take for that or you're diagnosed with anxiety. Well, a lot of people have anxiety and we just don't want to jump the gun and take their guns. 
And we get all that. But we there's, do. A way, there's ways we to do. safeguard that. Yes. Other than letting be, again, manipulated well, by ads that Kelly Craft and um, the. Do you see that one with her helicopter and in? Or, or parachuting in, the one about being woke. It's yeah. just that, ridiculous. Oh my it's, it's, the ads are ridiculous. You just have to <laughs> shake your head, David. They, well, the one she had to uh, draw down because she got so much backlash early on. Remember the empty right, seat yeah, at the yeah. table? Mm -hmm. No disrespect to the young man who in her family who struggled, but he didn't pass away. He's still alive and doing fine. She made it look like he had died. No, Mrs. Kraft, you didn't lose a family member. The, the, the ad was, you know, I'm sympathetic to these people who have the empty seat at right, the table. Yes. She doesn't have an empty seat. They did have a son wow. who had an abuse problem, but he lived. Yeah. So somebody bitched, and they had to pull that ad down. But, you know, to mine and Trisden's credit, David, last week in your seat was a very conservative friend of ours, a sponsor of the show. What is Aaron's last name? Oh, my gosh. If don't worry about it, because we don't need to give last name. Sure. So you don't want to give his last name. That's yeah. fine. Um, but Aaron sat in that chair, and we talked about guns, and I asked him a direct question. You know, is any kind of restriction an infringement? Do you see it as a sli slippery slope? And he essentially said yes, and he's entitled to that view, but to the point you're making. And I said to him, so here's where we're at, Aaron. The left, my friends, me and my friends on the left, have to say what you just said, that no, we're not out to take your hunting rifle or the pistol you keep next to your bed because you feel as though it's going to protect you. But can we not make it tougher to have weapons designed for the battlefield just in the general public? And the right has to give a little on that. They just have to. Absolutely. And that's the only way we're going to find common ground. They want to tell us that, oh, you want to take all our guns, which is a bunch of bullshit. But at the same time, you fucking guys got to give a little bit on the on these gun laws. And then he went on to make that point, which I said at the start of the show. Well, I can get around any law you make. Well, of course, you can get around any law. But is that a reason not to make a law? No, it's not. No, absolutely not. And it, it's just... I don't know. To me, I'm a big social justice person. Like he, like Tristan said early, I have a passion for uh, marginalized populations and disadvantaged families, and I see people cutting their nose off despite their face. Seems to be to support someone who doesn't care about them. Well, and Trump, Trump don't yeah. give a damn about no. none of them. No, Marjorie Taylor Which? Greene don't care about none of them. <laughs> Kelly Craft doesn't give a flying flip about none of them, and so. I see the way they attack the schools. I'm well, in here, here in well, Richmond. That's true. You're in them. I'm in them. Yeah. And they was actually, uh, uh, I don't know. Do y'all are y'all familiar with the the local? Uh, y'all both from Madison County, correct? Right. Yeah. I'm not from here. You're well, not from, yeah, but you live both, here yeah, now. We live yes, there. Yeah. You married. Yes. You're married. Mm -hmm. You you got kids in the school system? No. No. You. you I did. Okay. But I don't need longer. There's a, there's a website or one of these Facebook pages says Richmond Moms. And they get on there and they talk about their grievances or what they're mad about. Well, yesterday, some of the kids organized their own walkout for gun violence. Here in Madison County? Yeah. Really? Well, they, had a, they had a walkout organized. Didn't see that in the news. <laughs> That's right. You didn't see it in the news. But these, it was on Facebook if you look at Richmond Moms. Wow. Um, cool. But the kids organized themselves. And the teachers didn't know about it. Wow. So... Our principal, I don't know when Madison Central's principal, I don't really care, but when our principal found out about it, she tried to make it as safe as possible. And so anyway, but long story short, when the general public found out about it, you got this group of 80, 90, 100 moms that's on here talking, and you got, well, I can't believe the school is supporting some kind of transgender rally. Well, it wasn't a rally. It, it, it wasn't a rally. 
and maybe transgender came up during discussion, but it was showing support, walking out for something to be done about gun violence. Because kids, we have a lot of scared kids in Madison, in Madison Middle, oh, and I'm sure in all the schools. country. Yeah, yeah. So in all over the country, that's our fault. It ain't the kids' fault. It's our fault. They see nothing being done. They they hear the news. They're gonna see the news. People come in and shoot up the school, and they see this happening over and over again. But we don't expect it's gonna bother our kids. You're gonna be like the school allowed this. We gotta be glad our kids are talking. So Aaron's point was um, our right. Yeah. wing friend from last week was that there's a way to solve that tomorrow and that's to have an armed guard at every door now you're in the school dave what's the problem with that an armed guard at every door right that's going to scare the kids more it's going to especially middle school kids because you in middle school from sixth to eighth grade you have anywhere from 10 year olds to <coughs> 13 or 14 year olds depending on when they got through the system most of them probably 11 12 and 13 but you're gonna have maybe some 10 year olds that started late or whatever the case may be and up to 14. Maybe they got 14 before they went to high school. But the maturity level of these kids is so, it's about as far as part as the right is from the left on the extreme versions. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're just not mature enough to deal with every situation. So there's already an anxiety problem that I think was created from COVID. COVID is really, I, we had a fire alarm, a fire drill, a tornado drill early in the year when that one tornado came. And literally, I seen about six kids broke down in the school building, physically crying. Mm. I had never seen that in my life before. I've been through a lot of tornado drills. Never seen kids just really bawling, wow, scared. They couldn't call home. We're gonna have a real tornado. It's gonna. I'm like, there's what? an amazing amount of anxiety out there. Amazing amount. Of so anxiety. that's an interesting take that it that it that would it would increase kids' anxieties. But now my brother, who's a 30 year plus teacher up in Jersey, because um, my sister makes that argument. Oh, we just got to harden the schools. Who's going to pay for it? The first time you bring that up, and the way it's paid for is by increasing Joe Blow's taxes. Joe Blow or Joe Lunch Pale is going to say, absolutely not. I'm not paying to have. Sorry. And and Tommy went further, my brother, and he said, after Sandy Hook, I washed my hands of it. When 16 kindergartners were slaughtered and there was no movement made on guns, he said, America made its deal with the devil. We're, we're, we sacrificed children for Aaron's right to own a gun. Or And I will, again, I will take the counterpoint of Aaron, I think. And again, I... People like Aaron. Aaron, we're not picking on you. In the community, nobody wants anything bad like this to happen, of course. But I think the problem is, is that when you're looking for the right side, the politicians on the right side of the aisle to do something. Look, if they want to say it's mental illness, let's try it. But let's do it now. Let's yeah. try it. Let's do something. You don't see any bills come from the right that say, okay, this you is don't. the new mental illness bill. No, you don't. If you're a danger to yourself right. or to somebody else, right. we're going to make it? sure you don't have access to guns right. right now. Because it costs a lot of money. So who's going to pay for the school? Exactly. So like, I, yeah. I, I'm open to that right side of we've got other things. We've got too much media, too much violence in media. Okay, we'll try that first, but let's do it fast and let's try it. Because, again, you can't just you say do, we're doing nothing. We can't even study violence because we don't want to have to act on it. How about you tax every dollar above $50 million. You give Elon Musk and Bezos and maybe some people here locally, you give them their, the Kraft family, give them their first $50 million. That's that $50 million should be enough to get by on. After that, you tax two cents on every dollar and you put it all into mental health. Now, could you ever see a Republican coming up with that? No, because you're taxing wealthy people. But there, Absolutely. That, would be, that was Elizabeth Warren's plan when she was running. And, and I, you know, I'm she's a bright woman. I'm assuming her numbers worked out. She said if you did that, you could pay for health care and college. 
not private college, but at the right, state level, right, you could, exactly. you, you know, if you want to go to Harvard, you're on the hook, whatever. But um, I guess you don't want to go to Harvard. They have to ask you. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, but you're never going to have a Republican because I think that's the point you were making about Trump and Kelly Kraft and the rest. Their most important thing is to take care of their friends, all of whom are wealthy. All the bottom line. They're only, wor- only worried about the bottom line, and they're not worried about the person who has to have food stamps. In fact, you remember when Trump talked about giving people the blue bird bag? Like It's kind of like an MRE you get in the military. Yeah. We'll just give them a little bag and send it home for every member in their family. Yeah. You know, and then you had one time, I think it was, uh, the guy Rubio talking about making kids work for their school lunch. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I look at these people and say, what, what planet were you born on? And these people who stay blind to that and, and because they think Trump is some hero, they don't realize it's the Rubios and the Kelly or whatever, the Marjorie Taylor Greens making the laws that's directly impacting the way you live. And that, that's my point. They, they, they allow them to make laws that directly impacts the way they live. And they won't get involved in the system and they'll say, well, I don't like politics. Okay, so yeah. you're going to accept the fact that it's politicians who's driving the train that's keeping you below the poverty line and not wanting to give you any support because not only are they wanting to keep you below the poverty line they don't want us they don't want a social system or a security net no to help you with your children or with your living it so you're living so our homeless population in all these communities oh has God. exploded i mean david look at here in little old madison county kentucky i mean homeless used to be you know chicago and st louis and atlanta and you know new york city but you know we've got homeless encampments in richmond kentucky and, and all Maria. these and, Bri- and, and all these things are connected to one thing and and the people affected about it most you even have 50 year old veterans who's uh who is homeless run around with a trump 2024 hat i'm thinking do you know who's trying to help you who's not trying to help you do you really you don't even have a gun you don't even have a place to live it's why the culture wars are so prominent for the right because if they can keep you looking at the shiny ball over here you don't actually look at your own situation basic magician trick well there was a i think um there was the guy from comedy central uh, jordan klepper yeah he was he was doing some interviews in like a walmart parking lot in alabama i don't yeah i remember exactly but it was pretty great it was sort of the culture war thing and he was talking to this guy who was on food stamps about to go into Walmart and buy his groceries, who was a diehard Trump guy. And he's like, you sort of realize what you're doing here is voting against your own self-interest. And he goes, 100%. I absolutely know that. And I would rather vote for Trump because I can relate to him and, and basically hurt myself. And it was the most fascinating thing because he was completely aware of it. Because I think us liberals sit back and think, these people don't even know they're voting against the food stamps they need or their, you know, the welfare check that they need. And then I think some of them do, which is kind of. But Trump's willing to stick it to the liberals. Yeah, it's, it's more the culture thing, the woke thing. And I just hate these people yeah. so bad, like these elitist right. people that hmm. I feel like are trying to My push My sister their, uses that elite word a lot. That's, yeah. that's the new catchphrase her, on the right. I want to ask these people, how is a person living below the poverty line elite? Yeah. Oh no, I she's mean, talking about us, us liberals. Okay. We're all we're all elite. Okay. It's just the whole thing is 180 degrees out of face. Absolutely. Yeah. The I whole mean, thing elite, is 180 degrees out of face. School teachers elite. Yeah. Because they right. care about everybody. Right. Well, c- color me elite. Right. Exactly. <laughs> color me elite. If Which I'm, is what my brother said right. all the time. I'm just an average working Joe that makes an average salary that cares about the person who don't 
have anybody to help him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Every I don't know if you've ever been poor, but having grown up poor, like oh, absolutely, you, you do develop a lot of empathy in that. Like, there's a lot of empathy in growing up without and seeing how people without will share what they have and like. The poor people are the most giving, warmest, nicest people in my experience. You know, far more so than some you know middle class, upper middle class people. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to to see how people very often you know have been given jobs from their mommy and daddy, and you know had a, a, a paved easy road for their life, and think that everybody below them they just don't want to work for it. They need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating mindset. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. And bootstraps that they may not even have. Now, I will say uh, urban poverty is sometimes a little different than uh, uh, rural poverty. Sure, I, I would 100% I, I agree. Was, I was impoverished. We was below the poverty line in Springfield, Massachusetts, urban area. I probably never felt poor growing up because things were close by to you. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to walk five miles to the first grocery store. Right. The grocery store was less than a quarter mile away or the, the food mart we went to. Um, Everybody who lived in our housing authority probably had some form of the social net, if not all the forms, at some time or another. Yeah. So you didn't see that. Um, although we were poor, we had a, a, a transportation system where you can get free bus passes, so you can get places. So you didn't feel the impact of poverty as a child as much as I think rural poverty. You know, I think rural poverty, I think kids felt it more. I would say speaking to that growing up, you know, we had food stamps, we had welfare, Section 8, fuel assistance, which, you know, to help pay for stuff. But I think the biggest thing that I noticed when you're trying to come in, in when you're rural from poverty in a rural area to middle class, for example, is transportation. And I've never thought about that as in urban, you actually have access to transportation. Well, you can't afford at 16 years old, if you're growing up in a trailer park, you can't afford $150 a month insurance. You can't afford a car payment. So you're almost stuck in that cycle because there's no public transportation. And I would, if I was ever president, that would be certainly one of the things that I would look at because it, it enables that cycle of, well, mom ain't got no car, I don't have no car, I'm gonna sit here and draw my check. You know, it, it's not encouraging you to, to be able to drive 30 miles to the nearest town right. to get a job. So that, that's a fascinating point. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that was one of the biggest difference in the kind of, after I learned, becoming a social worker and going through social work school in East Kentucky University, you learn a lot about rural Kentucky and some of the culture stuff, so I was able to come a little more culturally diverse on the backside. Yeah. Because I knew nothing about East Kentucky and Appalachia and stuff like that. I had to learn it here from professors. And you've seen the difference. So um, we, and the culture wars here, because we are so rural and we're rural and we're conservative, we allow these people to get addicted to the hot button issues. And, and every time you turn around, it's a new one. Before, it was just LBGTQ getting married. Oh, we're getting married, nobody, you know. And come to pass, this married thing ain't about, nobody even cares about right. who gets married no more. Except for the Uncle Tom, Clarence Thomas, um, <coughs> who, who needs to be voted out. Some, somehow he needs to be, somebody, the there chief is no justice. Voting them out. The, I know it's no voting him out, but the chief justice, somebody needs to say, you need to, re you can impeach him. I'm sure he did some kind of impeachable offense. Yeah, he needs to be that's, gone. That's a whole nother Definitely story. investigated. So sure. investigated yeah. at a minimum. A million percent. Uh, so just stay on that mic, Dave. And the, are the levels good? The levels are fine. So I've got a, I've got a softball for you. This one should be simple. Is racism over in America? No, absolutely not. Tennessee told us that. If, if it didn't tell us anything, it told us it wasn't over. Um, it, we just try to mask it more. Some people want to mask it and overlook it, but, and it's went down, you know, if it ain't racism, it's bigotry. 
I mean, I look at, I'm a, I'm a person, I go back to the old 1972, 73, 74 version, whenever it came out. The third Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. When Caesar was in power and the apes were doing the revolt. You remember that movie? Sure, I remember them okay, all. Okay, I remember them all. Caesar was doing the revolt. And during that revolution, there was one black guy who'd been in all the, the Planet of the Apes. And he looked at the black guy, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact words. He basically said to him, you of all people should understand. And that, back in the 70s or 80s, when I first watched it, it, it struck a chord with me. Oh, yeah. You of all, and I said, the ape is talking about he should understand because he, our, our culture, our ancestors lived through slavery. Sure. Now you're helping enslave apes because they're intelligent and they can be your servants. And so the black guy in the plants really had no, no um, answer for that. Now I see some black people doing the same thing with the LBGT community, ones that are treading this fence because they may not think they want to see their child go to school with somebody who may want to wear a dress or they don't quite understand what trans is. And, and really, we, we all, again, this is called extreme common sense. It don't take much to figure out kids in middle school are searching. But if a kid, and I've had several, come to me and say, Mr. Townsend, I want to be called Alex. Now, I know Alex is biologically a female, but if Alex is confused out here because she's not fit in nowhere and she's comfortable saying that I think I'm trans, I don't really, I'm not really attracted to boys, I'm not really attracted to girls, I'm trans, I can identify with either one. If me calling her Alex helps her get through school and, and, and feel a connection and feel loved and feel accepted, it's a whole lot better than me saying, nope, we can't call you that because the law says we can't call you that. And you just don't. I'm sorry you don't feel accepted nowhere. And then next thing you hear about her hanging herself. Right. So sad. And, and, and that's where we're at. The li ignorance leads the kids, even if this one, because you're so stuck in your own religious conviction about the Bible says there's no trans. And I don't even think trans was in the Bible. And I see people sprouting scripture on both sides of this. So I just got to go with the love of God. I'm, I, I'm a Christian, and I love God and love Jesus, and I think Jesus needs, Jesus wants everybody to love everybody. And I'm not going to get into these little battles about uh, if trans is right or wrong or LBG is right or wrong. What I'm going to get in the battle about is Jesus wants us to love the next person, and I want a relationship with him. And if I'm wrong about it, then I'll find out later on. Maybe I'm wrong about it, but if I love that person, I can't go wrong. And I know if, I'm, if I get this kid to where he feels accepted in society and they become a productive citizen, does it really matter in my, um, in my life or afterlife if they identify as someone else? Does that, how's that harming me? Because yeah. I loved and accepted them. It's not doing. It's not causing me any harm. So is it? Is it an? Is it generational? Are the younger kids uh, better able to accept this and well, I and, think, and move on? And I think the younger, from my perspective, I think the younger kids, a lot of them, are looking for something because I think there's no consistent answer out there, yeah. and they see the battling, and so I think TV. And what they're exposed to does play a lot of it. And maybe some when they get older, they will change. But let me let me say this to you. When you was growing up, or you, how old are you, Trison? 42. 42. When you was growing up, 15, say 12 to 13, middle school age. 
and your parents might have been having a little dinner with mom and dad downstairs or something like that or with with neighbors downstairs and they sent the kids up to the room what they send you when they sent you up to your room how much supervision do you need they knew you was upstairs they knew you had a TV that probably only had four or five stations on it. <laughs> they knew you was probably watching Fat Albert or The Cosby Show or Archie Bunker or, or something like that. You know, Gilgan's Island. They knew you was watching something like that. So you didn't need much. You wasn't, you met, maybe Mary Ann turned you on. I don't know. Oh, but now, the, now the, the access that they have but and now the ability to go, gather info. Yeah. But, but now it's the same thing. The parents send the kids upstairs. But they send them upstairs with their cell phone and then, or with their laptop. And they can find anything. They can find anything they want. So we don't think about that as supervision. How many kids is really being supervised the way that family? Because a, a, a rich family is quick to get their kids a phone at four years old. That's right. They're quick to have their own little parties and get-togethers. How many people upstairs watch the kids when they're, when they're by themselves? Oh, that's how, a, many, how many websites do they have blocked off on their phone? That's a great point, Dave, and an entire show could be done on that topic. And, you know, how do you, how do you police it? How do you rein it in? Do you police it? Do you rein it in? I mean, now there are societies that um, don't have that. China comes to mind, but do you want to beat China in an authoritarian state? And I mean, they control what kids see on, on their websites and Google and so forth. But, you know, in the land of the free and the home of the brave... I think it's all there. You'd like right. to see parents step up and like sort of monitor that, but I think you just can't assume that anymore, no. right? Or you probably couldn't even when I was growing up. My mom let you know the TV helped raise me. No, 100%. The answer, yeah. their answer is let's blame the education system, right. blame the right. teacher. Right, right, right. You are teaching kids to be trans. No, we're not teaching kids to be anything. We're accepting That's them and loving them point, and trying to educate them. Right. We're trying to educate, and we can't educate them if we're battling the the the, the battle of. No, I'm definitely going to call you Brian instead of Barbie because you're a biological girl. I, you know you know what I do? I have several kids that identify. And, do you and have several? Several. Yeah. And when I call them by their non-choice of name, their, their actual name on the paperwork, and sometimes that happens, I just apologize to them. I'm not above apologizing. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Or if I say her instead of him, when biologically is hurt, I just say sorry. And it's, that's okay, Mr. Tom, no, you care. So showing them a little empathy and letting them have a little control. You know, most of these kids are probably going to, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd say some of them don't really understand. Right. Or most of them don't really understand. And maybe they're going to end up being attracted to their the, the, the other gender anyway. The female's going to be attracted to a male. Male's going to be attracted to female. But if they don't. Again, what does it bother you? <laughs> well, I think the point you're making is that c continuing to beat these kids up is not getting us anywhere. And not getting us in, Well, no, it, it's getting us somewhere. It's yeah, causing well, more kids it, to be. It, it's causing worse. more mental health issues. It's worse. Some kids are going to kill themselves or yeah. self-harm okay, in some way. Fair enough. Then we got more kids in different kind of systems, hospital system, foster care system. Whether just listen to them. And that's what, that was a prime example of this year's legislative session in Frankfurt. We did get a few bills passed that was kid-friendly. But on the all in all, this less less session sucked. <laughs> it just sucked when it comes to kids and well, we education, can gamble. kids friendly. We can gamble next year. <laughs> yeah, we can gamble. And, and we'll get more families addicted to gambling. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, and, and I'm all for gambling. Don't get me wrong. Can we go across the border and do it too? I think there's some tax revenue if it's used right. I think it'll be good. But we, we passed them, but they basically insulted one of the legislative one of the legislators there in Frankfurt, their son killed, was, was trans because her son killed herself. You know that legislator? Yeah. I can't remember her name No, right I now. don't remember her name, but I know that story, yeah. yeah. And they just 
listened to her and said, um, well, screw you. Yeah, she made a very passionate plea. Yeah, Yeah, it it just, I I don't get people. And it's just super, it's it's back to these super majorities in these little communities. And and, and you've touched on it briefly, Dave, but, you know, we got to, we got to be honest. It's also, um, the religious element these are very these are typically evangelical or very conservative christian people who are taking these views because you, you know the the bible tells them their religion tells them to do so true but we i think democrats outnumber no, I'm, not, I'm not defending it i'm no, just saying that's, that's, that's a huge chunk of that so i think if we in building a coalition and trying to expand our tent I'm the left, not extreme. I mean, so many people give me a thing like, well, if you approve this, the next thing you know, it's going to be approving incest and approving animal uh, bestiality. Animal bestiality. Yeah, right, right. Are you, you know, come on, guys. Yeah, Why do we got to go to the extreme? Quite dream? a leap of faith, right? Yeah, I mean, we're taking a huge leap. Right. Uh, so that's just stupid to think that. I mean, really, <laughs> it's just stupid to think that. So there's got to be somewhere we can. I, I, I would like to think that most single moms with two or three kids want to raise their kids comfortably. Yes. And if we could grab that and real and, and, and get them to understand these people over here don't care about you. You may want to think about where you vote. What? You don't even have a boyfriend right now. But see, Dave, (laughs) you do have to go to the point Trista made before, which is that perhaps some of these people actually do know, and they think that, um, uh, you know, the society is changing in such a way that it's uh, frightening to them, and they're willing to take a chance on a a Trump or a a Taylor who they think is defending, you know, what they they believe. But we've been dominating this, so let's give Trista a shot. No, no, you're fine. I I just think I saw a Super PAC commercial against our— All right, Trista, that's enough. So, David— But Dave, back to you. Darn you, old guy! I love this, guys. Uh, but really, it, 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 but this real is quick, fun. real quick, guys, let me get this in. So there was a super back ad against Andy Bajir, um recently that uh, basically they're throwing at Democrats that we are allowing eight-year-olds to have transgender surgery. They're throwing. So here's the thing: I think yeah. most even Republicans would probably sit in this room with us on the show and agree. Look. If a 10-year-old needs the acceptance of the trans group or, you know, maybe they're going through it, maybe they haven't even hit puberty yet, so they don't maybe know even exactly what they like, but we can accept that. We're fine with that. But then there's that one woman in San Francisco or New York that allowed an eight-year-old to have, you know, gender reaffirming surgery or whatever it's called. I don't want to misquote it, but I think the right does an excellent job of making that the issue as opposed to just saying okay well we're going to be better with pronouns and we're going to accept these kids because we don't you know we want them to be happy yeah i think aaron a hundred percent if he was sitting here would say of course he did I last accept. week but he, he would did. probably also say yeah. which and i would say it too yeah an eight-year-old trying to say an eight-year-old yes. kid needs to have surgery to change their gender right let's give it a while let's let them decide like if they can't smoke yet they probably yeah. shouldn't be cutting off but then that allows things. republicans to say well andy Bashir supports this because right. like david he's trying to find some middle ground with kids that are confused right i mean it's, and it's just again, it's again, the hideous culture wars that the republicans fight enormously it's not common sense and it's not common it's sense it's not, not common confused. sense there's no there's no no extreme doctors, common sense there's right. no doctors or governors in this country right now republican or democrat we're taking eight year old that's going to take an eight year to get right. that or a 10 year old or 11 year old or 12 year old right. they might be some parents when a kid's 13 or 14 that may start the therapy but I don't. I, I trust that most doctors with a license is not giving children 
uh, a gender reassignment right. surgery. And as a proud Democrat <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, a, a gentleman, you would say that is crazy for an eight-year-old. To that, and, yeah. and most, every, every, most of us would. But, but they I mean, allow, yeah. right. But that ad runs because something happened somewhere once. Exactly. Well, that's, 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 that's a great word. point. You, you win that argument against no one when you say, well, we don't want eight-year-olds switching their gender. If everybody agrees with that. Nobody's disagreeing. It's just like saying we need to do be a little bit safer with guns. Everybody agrees with that. But when you say they're taking all your guns, then it becomes a winning issue when Absolutely. you're arguing against nobody. But my point that. is on that is how educated is the person or who's not educating them when they let somebody brainwash them well, with something Dave. so stupid. It's, emo it's emotional. It, it is plays emotional. It's emotion, but man. And when you, when, why don't you, then that person needs to educate them. It's, it's, use common sense. It's back extreme to. Extreme common huh? sense. It's what's the bubble we all live in? Well, like, it's the bubble, it? but it's back. It's Lyndon Johnson. So this is long before he's president. And uh, <laughs> not that I have to say, excuse my language, but um, he, he, because uh, we don't worry too much about that here. But there's a story told. He's running for Congress, probably in the late '40s or early '50s, and he runs an ad saying that his opponent, Tristan Reynolds, fucked a pig. No, they don't use. Oh, I thought the, we weren't going to talk about me fucking the pig they, on air. They don't use that language, but that he, you know, what, whatever, how that, however, fornicated with a pig or something sure. like that. And they said, uh, you know, Lyndon, you know that that's that's not right. You don't. He, I, there's no evidence that he ever did that. He said, I don't care about that. I want him to have to say, no, I never fornicated with a pig. It's kind of the same thing. This is all fornicating with the pig. They're they're saying something that may have happened one time, may have not even happened. But your point is, it's a wonderful culture issue because now you've got people that Dave's talking about who don't follow this like we do. They have a passing interest, and they see this ad about Andy Bashir supporting eight-year-olds having tr uh, transgender sex change surgery, yeah. Yeah, reassignment surgery yeah. and they go i can't vote for this guy and it's all nonsense none of it is extreme common sense none of it is common sense now that LBJ parlayed it to the freaking white house so obviously it works it, it, well that, that strategy works thing. yeah that's yeah that's yeah. the unfortunate none of it part is of it. common sense to where that person who's hearing that needs to think I'm not sure this intelligent man really wants that to happen. Right. Or most intelligent. That's what I tell people to say. They're teaching this in the school. No, we're not. No, we're not. Kids right. have. And well, how do Dave we knows where he speaks. He's in the schools every I'm day. I'm in the school every day. And I have kids that identify as trans. Right. Like I just said earlier. Right. And I'm going to accept that child because my job is to educate them both socially and academically to succeed at the next level. And then I leave it to another teacher to finish that process and hopefully their Fair parents enough. and hopefully their parents. So why am I going to battle this culture war over calling them him or her? Right. It, it's not hurting that person right now to, to call them by their choice of pronoun. No. no, it is not. And it's not hurting me. It's not hurting them. It's not hurting any legislator. It's the same thing. It's got it, they, they the right will find some kind of hot button issue. And like she talks and that's what makes me mad about that. Kelly Craft commercial, she put she had to put critical race theory in there. Sure. She had to throw that in there to try to tell white people, hey, these black people want to turn you against your own people. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we just want to make sure that important issues dealing with other cultures is taught in school. And there is a theory behind it. To take out everybody's, to get rid of black people's history is really absurd. Sure. And why somebody would bring up a law like that, fortunately it hadn't passed for two years. Right. You know, we do have legislation in Northern Kentucky that wanted to pass it and take out this. And we're dealing with that bigot down there in Florida. 
who's getting in this war with Disney. DeSantis. DeSantis. <laughs> he's a bigot. And he's only going to be around for it, – it's not like Florida has unlimited terms for governor. Right. So he's not going to be the governor forever. So Disney's going to lawsuit him and wait him out. He's an idiot. And hopefully Florida realizes that we don't want a bunch of these uh, uh, communities like they have one down there. You heard about that community down in Florida, that, that retirement home place down in Florida that's behind the wall. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, there's a retirement home place down in Florida behind the wall that has the highest rate of STDs in the state. And it's all Trumpers. It's all rich Trumpers <laughs> behind this wall. And they're older. They're retired. You'll watch them. You, it, it, I forget the name of it, but they got a bridge that goes across the street now. It goes Ray, across the highway. Ray's filling out an application. <laughs> <laughs> it goes across the highway. And you'll see them ride... <laughs> You see them riding across the street on their little golf cart, golf cart. and with their MAGA hats on. <laughs> so they're it's, well protected. Uh, yeah, no, I, th I really think people want to form. All right, new Dave. So somehow, again, we've killed another hour. So here's what you got to do before you leave. We should have done this for Aaron last week. So this is this is going to be a forum now. Uh, we should have s said to Aaron, you got to tell us one thing about liberals you like. Tell us one thing about conservatives you like. What is there s something about conservatism that makes sense to you? Something about conservatism that makes sense to me. He didn't know we were asking these types no, of questions. No, it's a tough question. It's a good question, though. Well, I will say this. Cons middle conservatism, common sense conservatism, like a John McCain, I enjoy. There you go. Middle conservative. Because I have some conservative values. Sure, so do I. Many yeah, of them. Yeah, you know. Sure. Um, I can be fiscal conservative when it comes to waste. Right. I'm not going to be fiscal conservative when it comes to the safety net. Okay, I think that's a cool way yeah, to look at it. Right. I'm not. I'm. I'm think we need to spend more on that end. Um, or fiscally conservative to your home budget. Yeah. You know? right. 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 But uh, so I and and it, and if you're if you're conservative on your values of family and stuff like that and true to them, I respect that. Right. I respect it. But don't. Don't tell me that and then wear a MAGA hat. Right. Don't, don't, because you're just contradicting yourself. You're totally contradicting yourself. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be conservative and support Marjorie Taylor Greene just to be in power, I, I don't have, I don't, I can't, I can't respect that. Right. I can't, you know, uh, cool. just, just come out and tell me we want to stay in power. But I like middle conservatives. I don't have a problem sure. with that because I have conservative values myself. I, I just, they, their platform is anti Empathy. You like to see a little empathy, yeah, with, a little the, empathy right. with the conservatism. And I their think. platform does not yes. take care Always. of everyone. Yes. Yeah. It you does know, not. It just, just doesn't. And I've, I've often said that about, you know, Limbaugh when he was alive. A lot, some of the things he said made sense, but there was never seemed to be any empathy. None. You always had to beat people up, make them look lesser than. And that Absolutely. shit gets old, man. Triz, what do you got? We've almost killed an hour. Yeah, I think we're 10 minutes left. We're, we keep talking about bringing guests in for half an hour and then doing a half an hour ourselves, but the guests are always so fun that the hour just blows by. Thank you, Dave. That's, I think nobody wants to be the first 30-minute guest because <laughs> then, you know, I think if one person goes 30, then it'll be the show, but <laughs> nobody wants to be the first one. Um, so I definitely want to tell my story quickly, but oh, I can yeah. do that before, yeah, yeah. before we do our, our little comedy. More bit. prejudice. Um, More. I did want to, I guess, we didn't really touch much on uh, Ralph Yarl, who, who was shot in the kid well, in Kansas City. I, I think he may live, right? Maybe. I think he's living. Yes. Hopefully he lives. Oh my uh, gosh, so sad. Um, Literally shot. Just how it happened, back, though. You know, we we we're scaring people too bad to make people I make a guy feel it. like he got to shoot a black man right through the door. I think. And I know somehow get mad about me saying it's about race, but I promise this guy. Said, I would have a hard time imagining. Now you said the girl in Buffalo or New York. 
is a difference. She was a white lady, right? Right. And she turned the car around. This old white man came out. Yeah, but, but maybe I'm David, he, I'm, I, you know, again, I hate to... <laughs> You hate to paint with too broad a brush, but I guarantee you that old white guy is nothing but a Fox News watcher. And I don't say that to just disparage Fox News. I, I watch a lot of Fox News. I'm a consumer of news. I want to know what they're saying. I think right. unlike the Fox News viewer who's only in the Fox News bubble, I'm pretty in intimately familiar with Fox News, so I know of where I speak. They scare the shit out of people. If you turn on Fox, everything is falling apart. Everything is draconian. You know, crime is up everywhere. And these people are scared shitless. That is Fox's job because there's a Democrat in the White House. Right. That's not news. No. That's bullshit. That's it, propaganda. And speaking of that news, I think now, hopefully this is right, it does feel like it's less of an argument for our friends on the right to now say, well, Fox News is just the same as MSNBC. I think the fact that they had to pay a nearly a billion dollars for lying about a stolen election and faulty ballot machines for a few years should tell people at least that want to think for themselves that maybe it's not all the same. Maybe MSNBC is not quite the same as Fox. I Trump, hope so, right? Tristan. But boy, I hope their, so too. their business model is just scaring people and saying how rotten stuff is. And I think they'll just double down on that. I, I, you know, I, I just, it's tough. It's their viewers. I don't understand the the mindset or their viewers. They it really boggles my mind. Well, it's to back see, to what he said about just, what Triz said about that guy interviewed down in uh, where'd you say Atlanta or Florida? Somewhere um, southern. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he actually was aware, but he likes the fact that you know Sean Hannity stands up to the to the liberals and he puts them in their place. My God, and, that's and, that's and, your life, okay? And we as liberals, I think, sometimes don't know how to stand up back. And I oh, think I that's think that's probably problem. right, yeah. I think that's part of the problem. I pro so, I'd say that's that's uh, very true. It's sad. So, so, Ray, let me tell this real quick story. I want to get Dave's opinion on it before you before we do comedy. So <laughs> I told Ray a little bit about this, Dave. And, and it, just real quickly, my history is I've got half Ashkenazi Jewish, half regular old white dude, I guess, Ireland, whatever. <laughs> and so one of the weird things that I've always struggled with is like, you know, it's easy to just look at me and eh, some white dude, but then my whole family is Jewish. So like, I feel this, you know, I'm not religiously Jewish, but I've, you know, you feel this as loyalty to your family. And so I will periodically get the old Jew you down as kind of a mm -hmm. unintentional slur that, that people throw out. And I've usually will blow it off and roll my eyes because I mean, I understand that this is not somebody that's trying to, be an asshole this is somebody that's probably that's how grandpappy said it and that's how their dad sure. said it and so but it is still a weird place to be in like you know if you're trying to negotiate a deal with somebody and they sort of throw a racial slur at you and so i had this happen again this week and this is from somebody that i've known for 20 years ray knows this person personally and i would say one of the best people yeah, he's good dude. really good guy yeah. super friendly super nice <laughs> actually a school teacher mm. but i so i sent him a couple text messages back you know busting his balls a little bit saying man you've really got to change your language a little bit like that's not cool and there's been a hundred old white guys that i've just said oh, you know some people you know you're not going to change right but somebody like this guy figured it's probably worth saying something he chewed me he chewed me down exactly which is kind of common around here right but uh so anyway so i had that kind of weird exchange but uh, i don't know ray dave would any thoughts on that i say i baptist me down <laughs> and they look at me like, what the hell? There's very few Jewish people here. They can't Jew you down. They Baptist you down. No, it's 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 not even thought about. Yeah, it's not even thought about. And I'm sure. So what was his reply to you? 
he said he would change it. He said he wouldn't say it anymore and kind of was semi-apologetic, and he didn't want to Take talk. him back a little bit that, wow, he was being called out because he, yeah. he didn't even think he was doing any, saying anything right. bad. Sure. Yeah. Well, let me, follow, let me uh, parlay on that story with a story of my own, which is similar, um, and this is a youth. And I think this is where we find hope at. And you're letting him know that, you know, that's just not – he's – one of those middle-of-the-road conservatives probably that didn't think about it, didn't think it was that big a deal, didn't think it bothered you, but it may bother somebody where you could blow it off. Well, I had a kid that I, that, that I really loved this young man, but he walks around because he don't know no better. Because of our culture, he had a wallet with a Confederate flag on it, ah. and he'd pull it out a lot. And I told him finally, I, I didn't I say the kid, the young man's name, no. but finally he said, I said one day, I said, you know, would you... What do you like about that? Tell me about this flag. What makes you want to um, have it? And he says, I don't know. It's just our call. I said, well, let me tell you what it means to me. And so I explained to him. I asked him to get a new wallet. I said, you know, I, and so uh, and I probably promised him something when I said that. Didn't think about it no more. But yesterday, just yesterday, he showed me his wallet. Mm. And I forgot about the conversation. And he says, I got a new wallet. And I said, oh, that's a nice wallet. Looks good. He says, you remember where I got that new wallet? And then it, it flashed, flashback. Oh, you had the one with the Confederate flag on it. So he changed it because I explained to him, or I don't know, I hope he didn't do it just to make me happy. Right. But I think he's starting to think it. And I told him, I said, this thing is a symbol of oppression for a lot of people. Yeah. And you don't have that kind of in your blood because me and you are, you don't want me oppressed. You know I'm here to help out, y'all. And so he thought about it enough that he bought himself a new wallet. Now, yeah. I don't remember exactly when it, That's cool. And so I think if you can explain things to people in a certain kind of way. Exactly right. I've had people change a license plate before. They say, well, if you buy me a new one, I'll wear a new one. Not that, because they, a lot of people don't see that flag, much like saying, I'm a Jew you down, yeah. as that offensive type thing. Right. Not that's really the best <laughs> analogy I've heard for it because it is one of those things that I think so many people are ignorant to and not trying to be racist. Right. But if you think about it, how can it not be? Right. It, it's definitely a bigoted type thing. Sure. Right. Definitely. It's kind of like when they say the N-I-G-G-E-R rigging. You know, you've heard that one before? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they just say it because granddad said it or sure. somebody said it a long sure, time sure. ago. And it just become part of their not realizing who did. And what makes me that's mad funny. is when you have those those African-Americans that grew up also in a rural community that would have their own Confederate flag on their wallet or on their truck. I'm like, seeing that. are you an idiot? Or what would I want to say to him? You, well, it don't mean nothing to me. I grew up in the South. Well, that don't mean that you, so you want to go back to slavery, you knucklehead. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. And, or say that. I had a, I had a, but see, um, but but you're kind of making the same point that you were making about uh, a, a transgender young young folks. You didn't berate that kid. You actually did a really noble thing, which was to say, "What does that mean to to you?" You yeah. actually asked him. You you started a dialogue, and you got him to change. Now, if you come at him like, "Yeah, look, you piece of shit," that's not really the way to. No, absolutely. You not. know, and I I always go back to Bill Bradley, the the great uh, basketball player first, and then senator from New Jersey, who when he ran for president in the eighties, eighty four, eighty eight, eighty eight, maybe he. He asked a question, and I've never forgotten it. When is the last time you had a conversation about race with someone from a different race? And that's a – oh, did we stop recording? No, but no, we're, we're still over, good. We're okay. over an hour, though, ain't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to we're, trim we're it off. We're 102, so yeah. I think we got to wrap in like two or three yeah, minutes. Yeah, we so. do. Okay. So. Well, what, what, before you're – I'm getting to your joke. You're going to go ahead, Dave. No, no, you you're said, fine, You Dave. mentioned basketball. Yes. You mentioned basketball. Um, <laughs> do you all know about the movie Sweetwater? 
I don't. And who was you know who Sweetwater was? Oh, it was uh, it, it, yeah, I do. He was a, an inner city kid. Uh, the, he was like the best player they thought who never made it to the bigs. Sweetwater, no, no. close. Who's Sweetwater? It's not hitting me. I was watching, listen to a podcast on the NFL Network. On Mondays, they have a podcast on the NFL Network about social justice. And this movie came up. I had never heard of it. And uh, it's called Sweetwater about the black man who broke the color barrier for NBA. Nobody ever even talks oh, about wow. the black man that broke the color barrier. Yeah. Uh, you, fascinating. Yeah. So what was his right name? Sweetwater was the name? It was name? Clifton Sweetwater. Isn't that something. Some, yeah, or something Sweetwater Clifton. Or, but there's a movie out about that. Right. Got, got there's a movie on that was released on the Everybody 14th. knows Jackie Robinson. Everybody knows, knows Sweetwater. Four, nobody knows Sweetwater. That's crazy. And they had a movie about him that's come out now, and it's not playing in Richmond. And I called the Richmond Theater and the Richmond Theater. And I said, why ain't this playing? And when their first response was not very good. And I, I emailed them a big email. And I said, nope, I'm not going to accept this response. You, all you said was, I'm sorry, we're not going to get the movie. That's not appropriate. Good for you. So when they emailed back, though, they explained. And it really was beyond their control. Okay. But that makes sense. But you know what it could be, Dave? It could be that blacks never really did much with basketball. It could be. <laughs> never amounted to anything. <laughs> Yeah, Sweetwater broke the color barrier. That was just a one deal. <laughs> That's fascinating. And also NFL, right? Like I couldn't tell you who broke the NFL no, color barrier. No, no, so, Jackie. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Jackie kind of shoulders all of it, right? Yeah. It sort of feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, heck, uh, Sunday, everybody was wearing the forty-two. 42. Yeah, which yeah, is amazing. It. Now, David, a pleasure. Always a great. It was a great conversation. Yeah, I, I hope think the we listeners could do it for it. another hour if we didn't. We could have do it to, for another hour. We didn't hour. have to cut the. Uh, yeah, well, we would, can pay. Well, thank you all for having me on. Let you go, Dave. This is for you. This is so. This is dad jokes. Dad's flooring. This could be the worst one in here. Did you hear about the cross-eyed teacher? No, he couldn't control his pupils. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awful. Oh, okay, good stuff. So that's a dad. Was that brought to you by uh, Berea Pond? Well, still, how about Dad's flooring? Since it's Dad okay. jokes, and then yeah, everything cool. else is brought to you by Berea Pond. <laughs> okay, so, thank you, Aaron. So yeah, Aaron, thank you so much. Thanks, Troy, oh, Front Porch Studios, Aaron Berea Pond, uh, of course, Dads. Uh, for Aaron at Berea Pond Buckshot and Lead If you're listening from far away, 107 Clay Drive. If you're here in town, Nate from Stove Leg. We sure appreciate him and the Rational Boomer Podcast uh, for promoting us as well. Ray, what I did for uh, I'll call it comedy was I just asked some <laughs> some Facebook friends to send me funny posts because on the heels of my post for my old uh, high school friend last week, so I just asked. I only got three, so if you're listening, send me some dumb things your friends say on Facebook. But I, but here's the three that I got, and these are absolutely real. I got screenshots. Now I sometimes am kind of embellish the a term. bit. These are absolutely actually real. Okay. So these are actual things that people that I know have read on their Facebook. So I got a screenshot of this. A girl posted, "College books is expensive." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but worth it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Question so mark. He actually posted college books is expensive. Uh, um, <laughs> the lady got a tattoo that's uh, with a picture of her children that says, for those I love, I will sacrifice, but misspelled sacrifice. So, and that was absolutely real. I can show you the picture after the show. <laughs> and then a buddy of mine sent this in. It was uh, the Bluegrass Baseball Club that her child is on. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but the – letters bbc has an alternate name i guess in the uh pornographic world but she had posted bbc is headed for the championship on her on her facebook (laughs) 
So those, I guess, maybe with a little bit of a dirty mind, <laughs> thought maybe she shouldn't have posted that. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you have anybody that that's the, that posts some ridiculous stuff, please send them my way, and I'll read them here on the podcast. So wow. David, thanks, man. Sorry you hey. had to. Sorry you were subjected to this. No, oh, no, I love it. I think we need to do more of it. Yeah, huh? I'll try to come anytime. back whenever we'll get you back, want brother. Absolutely. All Thank right. you, Dave. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care, fellas. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond.